Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 He's a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and he's sitting in a cage, but it's okay because he's got a powerful imagination that he can <laughs> use to remember space worms fighting each other really vividly. It's how long, hooray! Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Mm. But not very well, right? I mean, let's, did you hear how how clumsy that sounded? Their their hosting made me sound like I couldn't speak and was an idiot. Yeah, and I'm headbutting the microphone and all kinds of things. Oh, good. This is going really. But I blame the British comedy guy for this for my incompetence. I agree. Uh, but but at the same time, thank you. Uh, but also thank you to um, all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for paying. Maybe if they paid a bit more, I wouldn't be so rubbish. <laughs> All right, well, this week we are continuing with our uh, examination of the Gremlins novelization with some exciting extracts from the second half of the book. Shall we do that, please, Howard, then? What? Yes, please. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Billy helps uh, Pete put a tree in someone's car and Pete says, oh, thanks, Billy. <laughs> a psychologist looking at Pete's eyes and listening to the tone of his voice would have known instantly that young Pete was expressing gratitude for more than the tree errand. Yeah, BJ's. Now, BJ's. <laughs> <laughs> now at the pimply-faced, gawky and totally insecure stage and filled with conviction that no one really liked him, wow. least of all older teens, Pete's admiration of Billy verged on hero worship. Wow. He was the older kid who actually treated Pete like a human being. Not that his father was unkind to him, nor was he picked on by his contemporaries. They merely treated him like something that was just there. Billy, on the other hand, seemed interested in him. Mm. <laughs> if he wanted to, Pete felt he could tell him a personal problem ask his advice, and not be regarded as either a jerk or a potential social offender. Now, with business a bit slow and Billy at hand, Pete decided the time was right. OK, jeez. Hey, Billy, he said, <laughs> you're pretty old. That's right, Billy <laughs> smiled. I get my first retirement check next week, Joax. Joax, yes, yes. I mean, you've got lots of experience, right? Experience with what? Well, with girls. Ooh. Mm, sure. sure. You you ever ask a girl out? Sure. That's usually the best way to go out with them, to ask. Mm. Yeah, Pete murmured. How did you do it? I mean, 
What did you say? Well, I didn't say anything. I just left the lollipop that I shoved up my arse uh, on her desk. Oh, bye. <laughs> Thanks for the chat. Bye. Billy shrugged. It depends on the girl and mm. situation. Yeah. For example, there's a woman where I work that I really fancy and I'm ignoring her. <laughs> I've decided she's too scary and intelligent yeah. and so I'm ignoring her and hoping that, 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 that we accidentally become boyfriend and girlfriend, possibly because of gremlins. Mm. <laughs> I'm hoping that, that the gremlins will happen and then she'll hmm. like me. But aren't they fr- they're friends in the film though? It's not like he doesn't approach her. They have conversations and yeah, no, the same in here. That yes, yeah, it's, it's, he's not asked her out. That's what he's thinking. Right, he, that's yeah. what he, he, like yeah, they talk to each other, but he hasn't actually asked her out. You know, his work colleague. He hasn't sexually harassed his work colleague. Yeah, yeah, and he's really upset about that. But I mean, like. What's his, his concern is that she's too in, too intelligent or he's too stupid? Too in, no, too, she's too intelligent and she's intimidating and she's intense and she keeps going on about her dead dad. Yeah, keeps going on dead Yeah, so Billy shrugged. Um, it depends on the girl and the situation, he said, trying to sound worldly but not blasé. You've got to be firm, confident. Make it sound like you're doing her a favour by asking her out. Ah... Wow. Really? Pete's eyes were wide and bright with this new piece of knowledge. Mm, Sure. You can't get all gushy and nervous. Never let on how much you really like her. Mm. I get it, Pete nodded. Maybe you should zap her with a few insults first. It is proto-negging. George George Gype invented negging. Yeah. Billy laughed. That may be carrying it a bit too far. So actually, like George, George Guy may have actually he invented negging, but he didn't actually think it was a good thing. He Mm. wasn't suggesting it. Some fucking like pickup artist read this and went, "Hang on a minute, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that." But George Guy wrote it as like, "What's a a really extreme, stupid thing that Pete could say?" That Billy's then like, "No, don't do that. That's horrible. (laughs) No, no no human. I mean, my advice is already bad enough, but I'm not (laughs) that bad. I'm not a monster. Come on." Okay, so um, this uh, we're up to chapter seven now, and we're getting the introduction of Lynn, which is the mum, oh. Lynn Peltzer, and she's kind of think it's like this. This this book does a wonderful, actually, a really kind of good job of switching points of view. I really enjoyed it. Like you get everyone's point of view, mm. um, all the main characters. Some of it's from Rand Peltzer's point of view. You have got the Mogwai's point of view, um, the mum, Billy. There's just loads of it, and it, and, but it does it well. It really, mm. yeah, by the dog. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you even get some stuff from Gremlins, from like Stripe's point of view later on. Yeah. It's really, it's extraordinary. Uh, but this is from Lynn's point of view, and she's thinking about the Christmas presents that Rand Peltzer has bought her in the past because she's nervous about what he's going to have this time. Because <laughs> he keeps buying her, like, robot toys, and she's like, now I'm an adult. Yeah, or he keeps buying her, like, animals that turn into monsters. <laughs> if, you, if you break one of the weird rules that they only half know. No, I think this one's going to be different. Anyway, don't feed it after midnight, don't yeah. get it wet, and don't shine bright lights in his face, or it will turn into a fucking monster, okay? <laughs> I'll turn into several monsters. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this this one's going to be totally different because all the others only turned into one monster, <laughs> yeah. all right? But this one, I, I wait for this one. You're going to like it. Turn into like 500 of them. Don't worry, though, because one in every thousand of them will be really, really peaceful and just <laughs> yeah, like nice. sit around thinking about worms killing each other <laughs> and the San Francisco earthquakes. <laughs> so the first year uh, after they were married, the first Christmas after they were married, Lynn received an automatic, painless, ear-piercing device Mm -hmm. for use in the home. It sent Lynn to the hospital emergency room Christmas night, and it was well after New Year's before she could remove the bandages from her earlobes. The next year, an improved fingernail polish remover caused something strange and crusty to grow on her nails and remain there for several months. These are obviously, these are his inventions, is the thing. Other devices, such as pineapple parers, automatic shoe buffers, cleaning poles capable of reaching anywhere, and fish cleaners, all came neatly wrapped at Christmas, were duly tried, failed, and recalled for improvements. Most, fortunately, never saw the light of day again. Mm. A good sport, Rand shook his head and endured the jokes generated by his failures. But the light bulb of inspiration never left its permanent spot above his head. Which is listing more that nobody uses to kill gremlins. Like this ear piercing mm. device seems like it could be pretty handy. Yeah. But I tell you what, I've got some good news about those inventions. Oh, yeah. Told you there's a lot of plot holes being filled here. Oh, wow. Got some, something to look forward to there. All right, so this next section is after. Gizmo has given birth to new Mogwai. Mm-hmm. All right, and Billy is kind of thinking about it. He was already sure of one thing. He did not like the new additions very much. They seemed combative, uncontrollable, and, compared to Gizmo, aggressive. Mm. When they finished growing, Billy found a large cardboard box and put them inside. But they indicated their displeasure at confinement by gesticulating angrily, baring their teeth and sticking their tongues out at him. Jump, jump. And jumping. Jumping. Yes. The leader of the new group seemed to be a slightly larger one with a thick white stripe of coarse fur standing up from its head. I'll call you Stripe, OK, Billy whispered, trying to strike up a friendship with the new Mogwai. Mm-hmm. In response, Stripe knocked over an ink bottle with a quick swipe of his paw. As it drained down the side of the drawing board, Billy noted with horror that some of the liquid had spilled onto Stripe, Gizmo and one other new Mogwai. Silently and nervously, he watched the ink spots to see if anything happened. A few moments passed and nothing changed. Apparently, only water made them reproduce. Mm Mm-hmm. Ink does not work. Only water. Not things that contain water and are mostly water. Well, that's that human beings, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, if you, you know, where, <laughs> that would just mean pick up a gremlin and they'd just start giving birth, right? Just start shooting out little, little tribbles. Mm. It was ironic, Gizmo mused sadly. Once again, he had become a pariah, if not an object of outright loathing. The process of alienation was a familiar one, but he had been spared it for nearly four decades. Mm. Since the China Sea crossing, in fact. I disagree. I disagree with George Gype. I don't like that he's decided that they've been around for a million years and they're really intelligent. <laughs> and they, 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 they think about irony and things like that. It's like, no, they're just like cute little things that like pretending to that drive racing cars. To. and yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bit weird giving them so much agency, yeah. isn't it? Like you, you've you, much as Gizmo or whatever his real um, Steve yeah. Mogwai, whatever his real name is, um, much as he may think he's a nice one, like he's still like why is he hanging out with humans if they're so irresponsible? Go and hide in a cave yeah. somewhere if you don't want if you don't want to have evil babies. Go and find go and live in the desert. Yeah, if, for if, yeah, yeah, sake. yeah. If you're so fucking smart, wear a raincoat. <laughs> Right, he wouldn't yeah. be like, "Oh, waterproof yourself." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and and gum your mouth up so you can't eat anything. He's immortal anyway. Why does he need to eat ever? Get, get, Block your throat up and and waterproof so yourself fucking now. Fucking self-aware. <laughs> Wear a fucking rain mac and a pair of sunglasses. So, um, how strange it was that a gentle and adaptable creature such as himself should be subjected to prejudice only by his own species. I don't know, that's pretty normal. I mean, like humans, a lot of different humans are subject to prejudice, but pretty much exclusively from humans, right? It's very, very rare that prejudice comes from dogs or bears <laughs> or something, you know? It's generally humans. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with George Gripe there and say that is not strange. <laughs> okay, yeah. It was times such as this that he nearly hated Mog Tormen, his creator. His genetic miscalculations assured minority Mogwai, of which Gizmo was one, would be instantly recognised and hated by the majority. What? Yeah, this is something that... Well, this is something he started... Because he said one in a thousand are good, yeah. right? And for, at this point, I think this point, he starts calling them minority and majority Mogwai. Oh. And Gizmo is a minority Mogwai and the others are majority, you see. Oh, right, right, right. Physically, they all looked approximately the same. The massive differences were internal, involving character, ambition, desire for peace. So indelibly were these differences etched in the personalities of every Mogwai that there was no hiding or disguising them. Stripe was barely an hour old when he knew Gizmo was one of them. So, he said coldly, <laughs> we've encountered one of the eternal ones. You are that, aren't you? That's Stripe, by the way. So, but they're, born, so they're literally born with race memory. I think we probably discussed that in the, 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 the yeah. movie podcast. But yeah. Yeah, they, they can speak as well. Yeah. yeah, it's not just that they have like electrical talents and they know how to do all kinds of stuff. They know they have language when they're born as well. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. even human beings, uh, you know, um, have to get taught to be racists as children. They don't just come straight out <laughs> and an hour later kind of going like fucking yeah. foreigners. <laughs> Gizmo did not have to respond. Stripe knew the answer, even as he asked the question, and it infuriated him. Mm. It's not fair that you should be allowed such a long life and we such a short one. Stripe hissed in Mogwai words. So the when he says he refers to him as an eternal um, and the minority. So actually, the ones that are peaceful live for a really long time, and the evil ones have got a short lifespan. It seems. Do they mean that, that because way, they, yeah. because you because they keep getting murdered, or or they would just <laughs> naturally die a lot younger? I don't know. I don't know. It was an accident of Mog Tormen's creative process. Gizmo replied softly. Mm. You also have more knowledge than we. Stripe charged. More life and more knowledge. Why don't you share both with us? It's not possible. And you're glad it's not possible. Gizmo shrugged. What is the reproductive secret? 
Stripe demanded. You saw how we got here. You must know. What, he doesn't know? He knows that they can reproduce, but he doesn't know how. And he wants to because that's how they're going to gain more power by reproducing the minority. Uh, sorry, the majority evil gremlins. So he comes out knowing that um, that Mog Steve Mogwai can live forever and is a good Mogwai, and he knows all about Mogterman for some reason. He knows all of that. He knows that their their lifespan is really short. He knows that. That they should definitely eat chicken after midnight, but he doesn't know if he gets. No, he doesn't know that either. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how they reproduce, and he doesn't know how they become stronger. Right. That's what he's gonna. We're gonna go on to say. See that coming up. So he knows literally everything apart from the three rules. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's basically how it works. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Why do you want to know? Gizmo asked. We want there to be more of us. If we're doomed to short lives, at least we can spread our species, enjoy the company of our massed millions. Right, millions. It's not a good idea, Gizmo murmured. We'll find it out sooner or later, Stripe hissed. I won't tell you, Gizmo said firmly. Mm -hmm. Stripe balled his short, pointed fingers into something resembling fists. I want to kill you he said coldly. But I can't. Something is holding me back. It's the one responsible emotion Mogtor men was able to keep in us, Gizmo explained. We're incapable of killing each other. Now remember that, because it might get contradicted later in the book. You have other information we need, Stripe continued. There's something that can kill us in large doses, cause pain in smaller doses. What is it? That's sunlight. It's so so, so fucking stupid. So stupid. (laughs) It's like, no, he knows everything. He knows how to speak. He knows that he he wants to kill everyone. He knows that he's terrible. The only things he doesn't know is the three rules, but he knows that they exist and he kind of knows what they are and what they do. Just like this very, it's not even just not knowing the three rules. He knows that he can reproduce really, really easily if one particular thing happens. He knows that he knows what the three rules are about, yeah. but he doesn't quite know exactly what they are. He knows they exist and the general topic, George, <laughs> not the full details. Yeah, George Guy. But the thing is, the interesting thing is that what George Guy is actually doing here is he's providing a lot of motivation for later scenes. Mm-hmm that are going to kind of make things make a bit more sense. Even though, you, you're right, this is stupid. It is going to make some stupid things later a bit less stupid. Oh, yeah. So, you will find out soon enough. Chet's Wubba, Stripe <laughs> rasped. <laughs> yeah. Swearing, swearing in Mogwai. Mm. And that's not the, not the only time he says Chet's Wubba, because that is Mogwai swearing. Because George Guy loves making things up, except names for his non-white characters. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it would have been it would have been pretty great if he decided to call the old Chinese man Chet Swabber. <laughs> Hello, my name is Chet Swabber. <laughs> I am from China. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Chet Swabber from China. Yeah, are you sure you're not? Yes, that's correct. Are you sure you're not just out of the Star Wars trilogy or something? You sound like. You... <laughs> yeah. I only just arrived from from China, and this is my first time speaking English. Mm. Am I doing it right? Mm. So, um, Chet Swabber, Stripe, rasped, swearing in Mogwai. Mm. Why must you be so secretive? It's my only weapon. 
There is another thing we must find out. Can you guess what it is? Stripe persisted. We are capable of becoming larger and more powerful. What causes that? I mean, he hasn't told you what hurts you or how you reproduce. Do you think he's going to tell you what makes you into a superhero? <laughs> probably, probably not. I can't tell you. You can't or you won't. I won't. Mm. It's foolish of you to withhold that. Why not use it for yourself at least? Because then I would become one of the majority with a brief and violent life. Oh. So he's only got his long, um, peaceful life if he doesn't eat chicken legs after midnight. <laughs> and so that's quite a good reason why he doesn't join in when they all eat the chicken legs. Though, right, right? Yeah, why, why yeah, he doesn't... yeah. Because it's like, I'll, I'll die, die sooner if I, if I do. That's, that's not bad, right? Yeah. We'll find out what it is, Stripe promised. It's a simple thing. Intuitively, I know that. It can elude us only so long. Perhaps much longer than you think, Gizmo countered. Perhaps it will elude you for your entire lifetime. Mm. Stripe ground his teeth angrily. Tell us now and we'll go easy on your friends. No, when you change, you'll forget. I've seen it happen before. Very well, Stripe muttered. Be uncooperative if you want, but we're going to find out what we need to know to escape these puny bodies and create more of us. And when we do... Mm -hmm. Gizmo managed to face the infuriated Stripe with a determined look. I think you're going to spend the rest of your lives in this room under very careful supervision, he said evenly. My new master is a very responsible young man. He's absorbed the Chinese man's wisdom. He has absorbed it. He put his hand on the Chinese man and sucked his clever out. And I seriously doubt he'll give you the opportunity to enjoy your wicked ways. He's, he's bluffing here, right? Because he's talking absolute shit. Well, next, next line. As he recited the speech, Gizmo did not truly believe his own words, okay, but they sounded persuasive enough. Fine, yeah. But there are the others, Stripe shot back. They will be careless, especially now that I've instructed my four partners to be judicious in their choice of pranks. They have a lot bigger vocabulary in this book, don't they, than, than, than bye-bye, Bewey <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, very much so, yeah. A few hours later, a smiling stripe trundled into Billy's room and shook Gizmo awake. Claw is dead, he said simply. Wow. Claw is one of the other gremlins, right? Uh, sorry, Mogwai, Mogwai. Now there are only four of you, Gizmo replied. Why does that seem to make you happy? It's the manner in which he died, Stripe said. Ever since we arrived here, I felt an instinctive fear of the occasional flashes of bright light we've been exposed to. Mm. This afternoon, when the lady let us explore the house, Claw went onto the back porch and was locked out. Before he could get back in, the sunlight destroyed him. So now we know an important secret of staying alive, which explains why this room is so dark. Gizmo sighed. Yes, it's true. So they've already learned one of the secrets. Yeah, that was really quick. Well done. Yeah. Now I'm just going to go and eat some chicken after midnight when you bath <laughs> and 
and have a think about what the other <laughs> two yeah, things could be. Yeah, have a little, have a little ponder. An interesting thing that George Gripe did was he decided that Phoebe Cates' big speech about her dead dad up a chimney yeah. was not in the right place. It's weird that at the kind of height of action, they stop and go, and she goes, can I just tell you a story about my dead dad up a chimney? Uh-huh. So he's, and also that's kind of weird because it doesn't really establish her character nice and early on, you know. So he decided to shove it right way earlier. Oh, really? Yeah. It's basically, you remember when, they're, when they when um, they meet each other and then she starts talking about how people get depressed at yes, Christmas? Yes, yes, yes. He just put it there. He's like, well, why, why separate those two things? Just put them yeah. together. So that's what we're going to read next. Also, they've just been talking to Mr. Futterman, who is a racist. Um, and then Mr. Futterman leaves. Billy leaned back and smiled. That was really nice, he said. The way you handled Mr. Futterman. I'm used to it, Kate replied. People are about the same all over. They just want somebody to listen to them, especially around the holidays. You know, they just want you to listen to their awful racist comments. And, (laughs) you know, they're just just be nice. Why is that? It's because a lot of people get really depressed when they're bombarded by all this cheer. I always thought everybody was happy during the holidays, Billy mused. Most people are, Kate said, but some aren't. While everybody else is opening presents, they're opening their wrists. (laughs) I hate that line so much. It's really upsetting. (laughs) Billy winced. A cheery thought. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, who writes that line and doesn't delete it afterwards? It doesn't look back and go, actually, fuck, that's ho- that is horrible. You don't have to be particularly sensitive to, you know, to anything to just go, mm, no, no, I'm going <laughs> to cut that. Um, it's true. The suicide rate is always highest around the holidays. Stop it. Now you're making me depressed. I mean, Billy's speaking for all of us here. Stop it. Now you're making me depressed. I bet you don't know how over the story of why the chicken truly crossed the road, do you, Billy? Let me tell you that. So oh, you're preparing yourself for a pretty big shocker because you think it's probably just crossing the road because of gas works or um, to go to the shops on the other side. No, of the road. I always thought it was yeah, gas Yeah, you thought work. that, yeah, did that you? Might, that was my well, main actually, thought, yeah. It was trying to commit suicide because it was near the other side of the road, you <laughs> see. It was the other side, the spirit realm, eh? Do you know what I'm saying? Because my father, he was, he was depressed as well, actually. And like, uh, but he, wait, sorry, he waited until my uh, fifth birthday before he shoved himself up a chimney and died. <laughs> <laughs> Put a gorilla costume on, shoved himself up a chimney. Anyway, I'm just going to the bathroom to look at my boobs. I hope, I hope that there's been intimacy. All right, so um, Billy says, Stop it, now you're making me depressed. And she says, Sorry, can't have that. The slight edge to her voice bothered him. Do you get depressed at Christmas? He asked, fucking Mr Sensitive, working, like, reading between the lines. Well, well done, Billy, you're a genius. I don't celebrate Christmas, she replied. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Oh, it does. Why? It does, actually. It won't do. Yeah, you're wrong about it. You're on the town front. Look, look, there it is. There, there's Gee, Christmas. Santa Claus there. No, look, there's Santa Claus getting down the chimney. I hope you, I hope you enjoy that. Doesn't it? Bring back oh, any horrible memories for you. Oh no, I think he's stuck. I think he's stuck. All right, let's go. Come on, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be fine. No, oh, he's fell. Oh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Come on, let's go. 
No, of course, what we know, we know what Billy says. Um, she says, as far as I'm concerned, mm. it doesn't exist. And Billy says, why? Are you a Hindu or something? <laughs> You're not just listening to everything I just said. Why do you think I'm a Hindu? I was just saying that Christmas is shit and some people don't enjoy it. Not because they're Hindus. I'm not saying that yeah. Hindus, instead of opening presents, commit suicide at Christmas. That's not what I'm saying. What? Yeah, you know, have you ever noticed how every Christmas the Hindu suicide rate just goes crazy? Because, like, you know, that's it's a weird tradition um, in Hinduism that at Christmas you have to kill yourself. That's weird, especially since Christmas is part of the Christian calendar. I don't know why they put that into Hinduism. I might be wrong, to be honest. I might be getting mixed up. You're very intelligent. Yeah, no, Billy's a moron. You don't start teach me things every day. So um, she says, uh, he's, he's like really pushing her. So he's like, but why? Do you really want to know? She asked. And I to say no, Billy. Looking at him in a way that was almost challenging. Do you really want to know? Sure. I guess I want to know everything about you. She avoided his glance. I don't know, she murmured, her expression distant. I don't know why Christmas is always so horrible. But now let me explain exactly why it is, because I do know. She's buying time while she comes up with this fake story. Because there's nothing remotely true about it, right? Um, well, OK, here you go, here you go. No, actually, that works. All right, like, keep that in mind, because I think that works with the way it's written. So she said, I don't know. I don't know why Christmas is always so horrible. Um, my, my grandmother died on Christmas. She was my favourite person. I had my appendix taken out on Christmas. It burst while I was opening my presents. Even my dog, Snappy, got run over <laughs> at Christmas. A dog called Snappy? <laughs> Snappy. That was a crocodile. He got... That was a crocodile. <laughs> um, my dog, Snappy, got run over at Christmas by two big kids on a sled. He got sled, run over by a and sled. It killed him. They must have been really big. She doesn't need to say this. She doesn't need to tell the story about her dad being up a chimney at this point, right? No, not really. But remember what you said. She is playing for time. She's trying to come up with something good. She's, but she's improvising. So she's having an idea. She's going, no, that's not good enough. She has another idea. She's like, that's not good. She's like, have I? Do none of them are great, but does the kind of all of them together? That seems like enough. And then she goes, wait a minute. I've just thought of my, something. My okay. Hindu boyfriend, he died at Christmas. Because, uh, of course, they all kill themselves at Christmas. Because <laughs> he had to, it's his religion. You know how in January there's zero <laughs> Hindus? And they go on a big recruitment drive throughout the year and then at zero again. No, then she says, My dog Snappy got run over at Christmas by two big kids on a sled. But the worst. God, it was horrible. What? Billy urged. It was Christmas Eve, Kate continued slowly, <laughs> almost as if worst. she were in a trance. Yeah, because you wouldn't save that for last, would you? Like, if someone asked you, you wouldn't go like, well, my dog died, and, uh, or my grandma died, and, uh, yeah, my grandma and I had died, a burst. Yeah, and uh, my appendix, appendix out. And my appendix oh, out. Oh, yeah, and bad. my dad. Oh, my chimney. dad died up a chimney. <laughs> died up a chimney, and uh, I saw him and everything. That was pretty, that was, that was equally bad to my dog getting run over. <laughs> Probably. That and the appendicitis, yeah. equally bad. It was Christmas Eve. I was six years old. Mum and I were decorating the tree, singing carols, happy, excited, waiting for Dad to come home from work. Yeah. She paused, Wait, took a deep waiting breath. Waiting for Dad and Grandma and Snappy to come home from work. <laughs> it's like... Oh, <laughs> and my, my appendix to come work. home from work. Uh, Not one of them did for various, various reasons. When it rains, <laughs> it pours. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I found Grandma and Snappy and my dad up the chimney with my appendix. <laughs> Apparently, my dad had decided to wrap my dog, my appendix and my grand for and give them to me as presents for Christmas and climb down the chimney, but then they'd all got stuck and died. Mm. Now, um, a couple of hours went by, then more. Dad wasn't home. Mum called the office. No answer. Then it was just past the time when the stores were closed. That's when Mum and I really started to worry. Billy waited, dreading hearing the rest of the story, Mm. yet impatient for her to continue. Anyway, we stayed up all night. He didn't come home. Christmas Day went by like an eternity, and still nothing. The police began a search. A week, two weeks, no one thought of looking up the chimney. (laughs) No one even considered just looking up the chimney. If only we had. Mum was close to a nervous breakdown, and neither of us could sleep Mm -hmm. or eat. Then, one night in January, it was snowing outside... Mm -hmm. In Je- not like one night in January, not early January. This is in January, so probably been about three three weeks. I mean, she said no. She said two weeks went by, so it's been three three weeks maybe at least, with a dead man up your chimney. Then one night in January, it was snowing outside. The house was freezing cold, so I tried to start mm. a fire. That's when I noticed. Noticed what? Billy muttered. The smell. The fireman came and broke through the chimney top. Mum and I were expecting them to pull out a dead bird or a cat. Instead, they pulled out my Mm. father. That's a very big bird, I said, and it doesn't have any wings and it's dressed as Santa Claus and it's my dad. (laughs) Billy, eyes wide, gulped. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit, Kate continued. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve. His arms loaded with gifts. He was going to surprise us. Put him in a bag, at least. Yeah, he's holding him in his arms, trying to climb down a chimney. I mean, there's not a ladder in there, is there? Do Americans have ladders in their chimneys? Do they believe in Santa Claus so hard that they're all putting ladders in their chimneys? Because I I don't think that's... Let us know, Americans. Do you have ladders in your chimneys? (laughs) And even if you do, you still put them in a bag, don't you? That is good advice from Howard there. I mean, mean, who's, who's, who's got a Santa Claus outfit and doesn't have the bag? Anyway, she says, he was going to surprise us, but I guess he surprised himself. (laughs) (laughs) By dying in a chimney. No, he was off with it. I guess I was halfway down the chimney. He said, actually, he said, actually, may I've got something for me. Would you like to see what it is? He goes, yeah, it's this tub of grease. (laughs) Um, He lost his footing, slipped and broke his neck and must have died instantly. I mean, when did he climb down the chimney? I mean, it seems like he was climbing down it like After, in the afternoon or like... When work finishes, that's when he was supposed to get yeah, back. Yeah, but I mean, he, he was already back. So it was like straight after the working day. He was already day. back and he was already dead down a chimney, right? No, we don't know that. But what we know what we know is that, that he didn't come home from work, but he yeah. should have done. They were expecting him to come home from work normally and then yeah. he didn't. So you've got to... Well, I think we can, uh, you know, infer that he came home from work normal time and then instead of walking in the front door like normal, he was going to surprise them by coming down the chimney. But that, still, that's like six right. o'clock, seven o'clock, something. It's not, it's oh, not yeah, late. I figured that like um, he was already dead at this point. 
that like he'd got down the chimney but it was like when he was he was going to surprise them by coming down the chimney so he was going to surprise them coming down the chimney when they were there right oh yeah i would, I would have thought so it would be foolish to surprise them when they're not because then just don't right. do it they like, don't climb down the chimney I just, okay I just, so I just he climbed did down the chimney. It was so well he gone. came over from work right and they didn't hear his car arrive or anything they didn't hear him get a ladder out of the garage yeah. climb up on the roof and then start coming down his car's there right yeah parked in the driveway later and go hang on his car's here yeah. that's weird the police didn't what's notice this, that the what's fire, this ladder the doing outside our house propped up because <laughs> yeah, it that's true how yeah. did he get on the roof yeah and what's that sound i just heard in the chimney because like if you're climbing down a <laughs> chimney you're gonna be making quite a lot of noise right yeah like birds make noise yeah. in your chimney right you know there's a bird trapped in if you're there. a man climbing down a chimney yeah, you're gonna be saying fucking oh jesus fuck Oh Christ! What am I doing? Why did I? Why did I think this was a good idea? That kind of thing you probably hear. Yeah, and they were decorating the tree. People put trees near their fireplace, right? That's where you have. Unless what he did. That's was, traditional. Um, was he went well? I've got to do it realistically when Santa Claus comes. So he didn't. He stayed out from work. Snuck yeah. home at midnight. I'll go to the pub. Yeah. I'll go to the pub for six for seven hours or so, and then do it when they're asleep. Yeah, no, that's really the only drunk. Thing that makes sense. But that still doesn't explain. Well, oh, left his car at the bar drunk because he was drunk. Him. Okay, so he left his car at the bar, and that's why they didn't yes. find it. Um, although, still, the police, when the police started searching for him, I still feel they should have found his car. And now I've got it. Maybe he also works at the bank, and he's he's realised, mm. unlike Billy, he's realised the bank's just over <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> just, you can see it. Don't need a car. I'm going to yeah. walk. <laughs> really stupid drive into that bank. Yeah, we're assuming he could afford a car. Yeah, he can't afford to hire someone to play Santa Claus for him. <laughs> mm. All right, so that's that. So 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 he he works at the bank across the road. But he doesn't have yeah. a car, and yeah, he climbed a tree to get on the roof. They've got a really handy yeah. tree. I've seen American some American houses. They like kids climb out of windows and climb yes. down trees. That seems that as far as I can tell from movies, that's yeah. super normal in American houses that you can get on yeah, the roof without like a ladder. Plant trees unnecessarily close to their houses in order that they can do that. They don't care about the foundations of their houses. They're like, no, it's more important that yeah. my kid can escape. Yeah, <laughs> when I ground without them, me yeah. knowing about it, than to stop my house falling down. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was going to surprise us, but I guess he surprised himself. He lost his footing, slipped and broke his neck and must have died instantly. At least he didn't suffer long. His body just stayed there, lodged in the chimney. Anyway, that's how I found out there's no Santa Claus, because he was dead <laughs> up my chimney. <laughs> and why And why yeah. I don't like Christmas. Yeah. Sorry about your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's chilled expression softened as he noticed a moistness in her eyes. That's terrible, said Billy. He reached out and touched her hand. Kate sniffed, then smiled. She gave Billy's hand a squeeze. Anyway, that's my own little Christmas carol that I tell people when they ask me why I don't like Christmas. Actually, you're one of the few people who didn't express any doubt. Most just kind of look at you oddly and some even laugh. She's like, what she's believe saying it. is people don't usually believe this <laughs> obviously bullshit story. <laughs> No, I think I think you're I think you're fine. What happened is your dad <laughs> left you and your mum made up a story to cover for yes. it. Oh, he really cared yeah. about you, Kate. He cared about you so much, in fact, that he dressed as Santa Claus, climbed up on the roof, and died in the chimney. And by the way, there's no Santa Claus. 
<laughs> and that's why he's gone. And he didn't run away with a very with a I mean, that sounds like a, that does sound like that a really interesting story, actually, uh, because like, and she was really young, so you could like she 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 fake yeah. fake memories like six, of like right? you know the finding dead dead dad. Yeah, no, you do that, right? Your mem- like, memory is famous for doing this, for filling in details of, of things that people tell you. So yeah, she remembers the firefighters coming round, but that never even happened. It's just something yes. her mum told her, and then they like yeah. told it again and again. Same and truth, yeah. yeah. That does make sense. That could happen. Shit. Oh no, that's that's kind of worse. <laughs> Knowing he was more sensitive than the average person made Billy feel better. So I'd just like to point out how Billy's an emotional child. Billy was feeling unhappy because of this miserable story that the girl he yeah, wanted yeah. to sleep with told him. But then she said he was more sensitive than the average person and that yeah. gave him a little ego boost. Beautiful. I like it. It gave him a thrill. It gave him a thrill to find out about Kate. It gave him a thrill to find out about Kate. After that story, she just told him. He's getting a little thrill going, wow, brilliant. No, brilliant. I know about Kate now. That probably means you'll sleep with me soon. <laughs> now she's now she's told me about her dead dad <laughs> up a chimney, which is obviously untrue. She'll probably I mean, he's, sleep he's, he's, with he's me. like, one thing he's really chuffed about is is the grandma story. I know it was a lot briefer, but he's like, well, what? I know I won't have to go and visit her in her home. <laughs> yeah. Now I just need her to tell me about a time her boobs came out when she was underage, and then I can tell her about how I was I was you know, <laughs> abused as a child, and then that'll probably lead to um, looking at her boobs in the mirror and then running away to the park. <laughs> I think that's how romance works. So it gave him a thrill to find out about Kate, who was generally secretive about her personal and family life. I'm really sorry, he said. I feel like the wishy-washy jerk Gerald always oh, says yeah. I am. Yeah, good good idea. Billy. <laughs> Start talking about yourself at this point. Kate laughed. No, you're not, she said, because she's been socialised to make men feel better. You're just concerned about other people's feelings. If that's being a jerk, give me a jerk any day. One jerk coming up, he said. <laughs> I like that bit. I yeah, like that. Like that. that, that, that sounded like something I would write. <laughs> Billy, he left the Mogwai with the science teacher and he's gone back the next day to see how it's going and he finds the science teacher dead. Mm-hmm. Dead on the floor. And explicitly it says he's definitely dead. He doesn't just look at him lying on the floor with one syringe sticking no. at him and then run away. He checks and he's dead this time. But um, he he hears a sound. <gasps> Billy hears a sound. A high-pitched scream reverberated through the lab. It was not uttered by Billy. Hearing the first echoes of it, he whirled to look into the shrieking jaws of what seemed to be something out of the dinosaur age. Wow. And that reminded me so much of you as a teenager writing. That is, that is a yeah. 12-year-old Howard line, definitely. Yeah, it's true, that. Specifically, I guess he's talking about a dinosaur because there are a lot of other things. He didn't mean like you're like a big weird mushroom or um, <laughs> um, a, a rock. Yeah, no, that is a good point. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in the dinosaur age, and also that's not really what it's called. <laughs> but, but yeah, 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 yeah. Giz, I just thought of something. Billy said, "Water makes you guys mm. reproduce, right?" And snow is just frozen water. But snow must have not had any effect on Stripe. 
Otherwise, this whole area would be crawling with those things. What are they called, anyway? They're sure not mogwai. They're more like the things Mr Futterman told me about. What did he call them? Greblies? Gremlins? <laughs> he gets it a second time. Right? It it's Cyberlone again, right? Gremlins. It's like, why does he need not to remember? Why does he need to say Greblies no first? <laughs> were, they, were they called Greblies? <laughs> no, no. Were they called Gremlins? Yeah, I mean, well done, you got it. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Before the movie Gremlins came out, it was still a like word that people knew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a fairly common yeah. word, yeah. Just that it wasn't a movie. Now when you say Gremlins, everyone goes, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that movie Greblies. Have you seen Greblies too? I like Greblies too, where the where the Grebly where the Grebly talks and he sings New York, New York. I like it when there's a brain oh, yeah, brain Grebly. That's a that's my and 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 vegetable oh, Grebly. I like vegetable Grebly and woman Grebly. Oh, so spoopy, so spoopy. What did he call them? <laughs> Greblies, Gremlins. Yeah, that's it. And to think, I thought he was crazy. I wonder if he was right about racism as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. For water to make you reproduce, it must have to be a warmer temperature. Ah. Stripe won't find any water outside like that, so luck is still with us. All right, so this next one, this next bit is in the department mm -hmm. store right at the end when they're chasing Stripe so they can murder him. Yeah, kill that gremlin. So Stripe, um, basically Stripe has kind of tricked Billy into a into a long room with no doors where he can shoot arrows at him and okay. there's nowhere for Billy to hide. Still holding his bow poised for action, this is Stripe, he first pointed at Billy with his free hand and then pointed at his own heart. So he pointed at Billy, then pointed at his own heart, this is Stripe. Billy got the message. The fun and games were over because he's been shooting arrows at him for right. a while at this point. The fun and games were over now Stripe was about to shoot in earnest. Taking a deep breath, he stood bouncing on the balls of his feet, readying himself to move as quickly as possible in any direction. This is Billy, by the way. It's a bit confusing who is being talked about in each <laughs> sentence. But the experience of the past few minutes told him that he probably was not fast enough to avoid an arrow aimed directly at his heart. No. Stripe, meanwhile, was determined to end the game, having grown weary of it. Becoming used to the store's intermittent announcements. Now, the reason there's intermittent announcements is because Phoebe Cates is in that. the yeah is in the the lighting booth or whatever it is that is in the control room, playing with buttons trying to get the lights to come failing on, failing to turn the lights on still, Fa utterly failing to turn the lights on. Yeah, mm. um, so he was able to shut out the voice. He'd become used to the announcements and he was able to shut out the voice almost automatically. He prepared himself now, concentrating fully on lining up the target. Holy cow, look at that. You hit him low, Barney, and I'll give him a jolt of this. Stripe, barely cognizant of the background sound and certainly not realising its content, started to release the arrow. Gwok, plung. Those are sounds because they're in italics, we know this. The erratically loosed arrow crashed into the ceiling and ricocheted into the floor as Rand Peltzer, closing to within a few inches of the gremlin, unleashed a flume of shaving cream from wow. the bathroom buddy. Hooray! 
Yes, it shot like a white tornado directly into Stripe's mm. eyes, causing him to shriek with pain. At the same time, Barney hurled himself at the creature's leg, snapping and growling, meaning that not only the bathroom buddy was involved in the final showdown and instrumental to save Billy's mm. life, but so was the fucking dog that's also pointless. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Stripe gave birth to a lot of gelatins. <laughs> Because ink might not might be, work, but, but shaving foam does. It's a high content of water, and he was just giving birth everywhere. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of action, and then it says, Sweating profusely, Rand shook his head and smiled, looking down at the bathroom buddy in his hand. Well, I guess this was good for something, after all, he said. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And it didn't take much. All That's all it took to make... Him being a fucking inventor means anything at all. <laughs> so simple. Yeah. So he did. He did a. He did some good things and some like really like left field weird and incorrect things. I think he was work. I mean, he was working with something quite difficult because it is just a collection of plot holes. We know this from our our analysis of it, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Most of the characters' motivation doesn't make sense. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a it's a genocide done by humans. Which is not what the film thinks it is, but it absolutely is. And he's, re- I think he's recognised this by the way he's really gone into, like, decided to. No, we've got to have some motivation for the gremlins, otherwise you're going to sympathise with them hardcore, as the humans murder them one by one and and on mass. When like he he blows up the movie theatre mm. with that's full of gremlins. He does he he's bombs them it's awful that's horrifying you've really got to set up that these things are yeah, evil but i mean they were trying to watch snow white i mean that is pretty <laughs> dastardly yeah they'd left everyone alone and gone to the movies it's like they're not doing anything bad oh yeah it's typical from you lefties you probably like it yeah hitler oh, was just don't kill hitler people was just, just because hitler was just watching tv one day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lefties are famous for for, for apologising for Hitler. That's, that's our main thing. <laughs> oh, you bloody you bloody lefties! Just because people aren't doing anything wrong, we're not supposed to bomb them now. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Everyone stops. Everyone, you can't be you can't be being evil like twenty four seven. Occasionally, you've got to sit down and watch Snow White. But you're like, no, well, yeah, but no, Hitler stopped murdering people what for a second, I'm... and he and he sat down and watched Snow White, and you're like, oh, he's probably now okay. he's good. Now he's, he's good. probably all right. <laughs> he's probably fine. <laughs> probably he's probably gone fine. Let's not kill him. Oh no, he's murdering again. Oh fuck, oh, no. that was a mistake. Oh no, he's sorry. He's sitting down. Okay, put the bombs down. All right. So, are you ready for the last? Well, the last page. Very much basically. so. Yes, I'm very excited to, so to see Mogwai all... finally return to his home planet. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Being the true. reunion with Mogtermen, who we think was we think was executed, but we're not really sure because of the dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He had his something removed or something, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we all know what happens at the end. Uh, they are sitting around eating soup or something yeah and laughing about all the murder they've done <laughs> yeah. the old chinese man who's not allowed a name turns up um unexpectedly and tells them that, that he has to take the mogwai away because they're irresponsible americans and they're not yeah. um cool enough to look after a mogwai so they've already established that billy says he'll miss gizmo and hopes he can go visit him mm. the old 
The old Chinese gentleman <laughs> nodded. That's, that's what it says in the text. It's the old Chinese gentleman nodded. Yeah. Gizmo, nestled comfortably in the old man's arms, looked at Billy and felt a terrible surge of sadness. Mm. If only he could say the human words that would let his friend know how he felt. If only Mogtormen had... A pox on Mogtormen, he thought angrily. I can communicate. I must. And I will. I will project the human words and not be embarrassed if they come out gibberish. At least then I'll know I tried my best. Closing his eyes, he concentrated deeply and powerfully for a long moment. Then his tiny mouth opened and human words came forth, tinged with a Mogwai accent, but nevertheless completely understandable. Bye-bye, Billy, <laughs> Kismo said. <laughs> Billy and his parents burst into laughter and tears at the same time. Did Even they? Kate was visibly affected, although she had known Gizmo only briefly, yeah. He talked, Billy shouted, because again, this George guy has realised that if the if if the Mogwai's going bah, bah, wee, you don't go, uh, Chinese bloke, can you <laughs> can you translate this for me, please? That's not necessary. He talked, Billy shouted, reaching out to kiss Gizmo on the top of his head. No, oh, no, <laughs> made more. <laughs> Fuck! I just had a glass of water. You have accomplished a great deal, the Chinese man said. For example, you made loads of gremlins and they murdered people. <laughs> well done. Now he says, you have accomplished a great deal. We will always remember you. Mm. Billy nodded, unable to speak around the lump in his throat. Good evening, the Chinese man said. As they went through the doorway into the cold night, Gizmo raised his paw in a little wave. Mm. Billy waved back, then shut the door quickly. He did not want to watch as they moved slowly into the darkness and out of his life. Oh. The end. Oh. Pretty emotional ending, eh? Yeah. When he like his pet went his pet that he'd had for three days went away. <laughs> his pet that like <laughs> destroyed his town. Yeah, his murder pet that he'd had for three yeah. days went went away and he had to say bye-bye, <laughs> but the pet managed to speak English unexpectedly just before he did. <laughs> It wouldn't be sad, wouldn't you? You'd be like, fucking hell, that, that thing spoke English. Maybe it's... Like, do you think maybe it's super intelligent and from another planet? Because I thought it was like a rabbit. Man. I was treating it like a rabbit kind of thing, but I think maybe it's a like a sentient being. I mean, those gremlins knew how to drive cars. Maybe it's not as stupid as I thought. Well, that's it. That's all of the extracts from the Gremlins novelization. No. Thanks for listening. If you would like more stuff by us, then have a look at patreon.com slash manbycow, where there's loads of it. Like, just an absolute ton of it. Like, imagine you got the biggest bucket in the world oh, yeah. and started putting audio episodes in it. You'd need a second bucket. Hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye, Milk. Bye-bye, Milk. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.